Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. person who lives in as much fear of his mother as you do. You know I should tell my mother what we do in here at night? What, that you play video games and I fall asleep unfulfilled? Oh, she calls you callow in here. You say that like it's bad. Well, it means frightened and weak-willed. That was the only part of the letter I thought was complimentary. This is Brody's private hell. Where the hell did that come from? What's going on here? And these... Brody man, Nietzsche Nochies! ...are his friends. Ow! Oh, sorry. It's all right. What's a stink palm? Take your hand, you stick it like this. Uh, there, now you shake hands with the guy. You know how long it takes for that smell to come off? If you stare at these things long enough, you're supposed to see some kind of hidden three-dimensional picture. Oh, yeah, look, it's a sailboat. You saw it too, damn it! We, uh, we slept together one time, remember, in high school, that, that ski trip? That was you? Dude, this looks like your mom. Bye-bye, Easter Bunny. There is no Easter Bunny! You know about this game show thing they got going on here? Well, we need you guys to somehow ensure that it doesn't happen. Truth or date? Second suitor, would you ever make whoopee in public? Uh, no, I, I think that's kind of personal. I don't think I should answer that. Mall rats. You said it was a good size. When a girl says it's a good size, it's a nice way of saying that it's small. What else did you expect from the director of Clerks? Hey! Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to cover the movie Mall Rats from 1995. The studio is Gramercy Pictures, which became part of Universal. The release date was October 20th, 1995. The running time, 94 minutes, and it was rated R. The budget was $6.1 million, and the box office took in only $2.1 million, making it the 183rd ranked movie of 1995. It was an absolute bomb. Rotten Tomatoes gave it 57% rotten from 47 reviews. Their critics' consensus is Mallrats colorfully expands the view askew universe, even if its snoochie has lost a few of its boochies, <laughs> boasted by its beloved predecessor. Roger Ebert at the time gave it 1.5 out of 4 stars. Here's his review. I don't have any idea what went on during the preparation of Mallrats, Kevin Smith's new film, but that won't stop me from speculating. Smith is a young filmmaker who made Clerks, the story of a long, strange day in a convenience store, and he made it for $25,000. Now, with a budget at least 100 times as large, he has moved upscale from a shopping strip to a real mall for a glossier examination of some of the same material. He stays with roughly the same demographic group, the young, the goofs, and the randy, and the same scheme, one long day. 
and he paints a world in which teenagers have no real concerns apart from hanging out, talking, scheming, fighting boredom, and dealing with the demands of girlfriends. It's a kind of world where conversations stray from the subject. I was going to propose to her. Where? The Universal Tour. You're kidding. What part? One of the charms of Clerks was that it captured the aimlessness of the innu of the world with a deadpan humor. There wasn't a plot, just slowly developing themes, such as the return of old girlfriends and the problems of weird customers. We sense that this was close to life. Smith, like Quentin Tarantino, once quirked in a video store. And it was funny the way the character seized on every small development as a break in the wall of inactivity. Now comes Mallratch, which is essentially the same world and the same characters plus plot and more conventional relationships. It's as if Smith was advised to add more structure. The fatal flaw in plotting the material is that we don't care. The movie is about two teenagers who are having girlfriend problems, and the problems, unfortunately, would be more entertaining if absolutely nothing was done to resolve them. In Mallrats, the voice is muffled, and we sense instead advice from the tired, the establishment, the timid, and other familiar Hollywood executive types. The year that Clerks played at the Cannes Film Festival, I was the chairman of a panel discussion of independent filmmakers. Most of them talked about their battles to stay free from Hollywood play-safe strategies. But Kevin Smith cheerfully said he'd be happy to do whatever the studios wanted if they'd pay for his films. At the time, I thought he was only joking. And that's the end of Ebert's review. Now, the reviews were not good for the film, as you just heard from Ebert. And again, it didn't do well at the box office. Most critics were like Ebert, and they felt it was a sharp decline in quality compared to the very surprised hit of Clerks. Now, I, of course, disagree, but that's what makes life interesting. And what's also interesting is at the time, it was very well received at Comic-Con for a test screening. But that's a very niche audience, and they would love a film like Mallrats. Also, it's a hard R-rated film, mostly due to the language. So many teenagers at the time couldn't even see the film in the theaters. Also, much like Tarantino, but in the comedy genre, Kevin Smith's films are dialogue-heavy. That's kind of the draw to his films, but some audiences aren't looking for that. Another part of the disappointment for some might have been the folks expecting a similar low-budget style. And while $6 million isn't a super large budget by any means for a studio film, it was far greater than what Clerks was made for. And much like some of the underappreciated films of the 80s, you know, cable and home video really helped Mallrats gain a following, and now it's a cult classic. And of course, teens could finally view the movie. It's easy to forget how important the mall was to teenagers pre-internet and pre-cell phones. Mallrats, for me, is a perfect snapshot of an era gone by. All right, let's get into the making of the film. So Kevin Smith, who of course is the writer and director of the film, he was looking to make a classic screwball type of comedy after the surprise success of Clerks. This is a type of film you would have seen in the 1930s or 40s, but of course the dialogue would be modern, but the feel would be retro wackiness. He also pitched the film as, quote-unquote, Clerks in the Mall, which of course thrilled the producers. However, coming from a very small budget on Clerks, and being used to using his own people to shoot, he wasn't used to having the plethora of extra folks that appear in a bigger budget studio film. So getting actor Michael Rooker to play Brandy's father was a huge get for him. Everyone was a huge fan of Rooker, especially from his film Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Now, younger movie fans likely know him as Yondu from the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise. And Rooker was going to dye his hair gray for the movie, but instead he shaved it bald. The key to Mallrats was the character of Brody. Kevin Smith wrote such a great character, but Jason Lee was the catalyst to actually make the character work like Smith envisioned. 
And he was the one actor that received constant praise from critics for the film. Even if they didn't like the film, they loved his performance. And what makes his performance even more impressive is that it's really his true film debut. By the way, the name of Brody is named after the character in Jaws, of course, played by Roy Scheider. Now, Jason Mewes isn't really acting as the character of Jay. He really is that dude. So much so that Jason Lee was a bit afraid of him at first. Sadly, Jason Mewes was also starting to use heroin during the time of the filming of Mallrats. Now, the studio wanted Seth Green or Brecken Meyer to play Jay, but come on, there is no other person to play Jay. Kevin Smith really pushed to get Jason Mewes uh, in the film as Jay, and the studio reluctantly agreed, but they weren't going to pay him to fly out to Minnesota to shoot, and he was on a super tight leash as an actor, meaning if they didn't like the dailies, Kevin Smith would have to get rid of Jason Mewes. But in the end, it all worked out. Now, the biggest named actor at the time in the film and the top-billed actor was Shannon Doherty, who, of course, had major fame for her role as Brenda on the popular TV series Beverly Hills 90210. Now, eventually, Ben Affleck would be the biggest star to come from this cast, but at the time, he was just a little-known actor who had a very similar role as a Banyan in the movie Dazed and Confused, which also had Joey Lauren Adams in it, who plays Gwen in Mallrats. And in a loose connection, Jeremy London's brother Jason was also in Dazed and Confused. And Adams played Jason London's girlfriend in that movie. Are you confused yet? Yes, and probably dazed. Anyway, let's get into the film. So it opens with shots from a local mall and the narration from Brody, Jason Lee, giving a random story about his cousin. So right off the bat, Brody is the absolute highlight of the film. Jason Lee is just perfect and so good in this role and oh yeah one of the shops in the mall is called rug munchers almost as good as the dirty sanchez bar in dodgeball another fake store is burning flesh tanning salon and then of course the memory of a mall pizza staple sabaro rest in peace one time my cousin walter got this cat stuck in his ass true story he bought it at our local mall so the whole fiasco wound up on the news it was embarrassing for my relatives and all, but the next week, he did it again. Different cat, same results, complete with another trip to the emergency room. So I run into him a week later in the mall, and he's buying another cat. And I says to him, Jesus, Walt, what are you doing? You know you're just going to get this cat stuck in your ass, too. Why don't you knock it off? And he said to me, Brody, how the hell else am I supposed to get the gerbil out? My cousin was a weird guy. Next are the standard opening credits of the main cast, though they are all recreated as comic book covers. Now, this was a happy accident. After the love from the Comic-Con screening, a few of the comic artists agreed to help with the opening credits, which is awesome and Kevin Smith was happy to receive. We are then introduced to T.S., Jeremy London, and his girlfriend Brandy, Claire Ferlani. T.S. arrives at Brandy's house for their planned trip to Universal Studios in Florida. However, Brandy says she can't go because she told her dad she would fill in as a contestant on his dating game show. Now, I can't find the clip, but essentially the original planned guest had to drop out after suffering an embolism trying to lose weight before the show. Of course, this was T.S.'s fault because he made a remark about how he, not her, looked fat on screen, so the girl decided that she must be overweight too. It's typical funny dialogue from a Kevin Smith movie. In any case, this leads to a fight between T.S. and Brandy about her TV producer father, which was played by Michael Rooker, and how he hates T.S. Brandy does not go with T.S., and the trip to Universal Studios is officially off now. Now we cut to Brody and his girlfriend Renee, played by Shannon Doherty. Hey, 
Sweet fucking Christ, would you knock it off? God! What? <sighs> what time is it? 9.30. Man, go back to sleep. Finishing my game? No, 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 no. You promised me breakfast. Breakfast? Breakfast schmreakfast. Look at the score, for God's sake. I'm only in the middle of the second, and I'm winning 12 to 2. Breakfast come and go, Renee. Now Hartford, the whale, hey, they only beat Vancouver once, maybe twice in a lifetime. <sighs> you hit the bathroom already? Don't worry, I didn't let your mother see me. Who's worried? Are you kidding me? I've never met a person who lives in as much fear of his mother as you do. I do not. Mm. So that's why I have to sneak in here after everyone's asleep at night and sneak out undetected in the morning? You want I should tell my mother what we do in here at night? That you play video games and I fall asleep unfulfilled? Go ahead, it beats the sneaking around shit. What can I say? She doesn't like you. You've never even introduced me to her, Brody. She wouldn't like you. You're retarded. Everybody's mother likes you. Not mine. Jesus Christ, are you back in the bathroom again? What are you doing there all the time? Figure it out. No, I mean like before, like every morning before you leave here, you're in there for like a half an hour and all over here is water running. And? Well, you know, you're not in there touching yourself, are you? I was wrong about you. You're crass and retarded. Well, then what do you do in there? You really want to know. I asked, didn't I? I'm playing the role of concern guy. I cry. You cry? I cry. Any particular reason? Hey! I think about the people who make decisions that affect our lives. The doctors who make advancements in curing diseases. The engineer that designs skyscrapers. The guy that maps out a plane's flight path. The navigator. I think about how those people are out there every day, making a difference, leading big lives, and how they refuse to be intimidated by the tremendous odds of failure they face, and how they only concern themselves with peers and company that apply to their goals and noble causes. Jesus, I'd hate to tell you what I think about when I'm in the bathroom. I think about all that and I cry. Because I have nothing better to do than fuck you. You're dumping me? What are you, crazy? Is this because I didn't introduce you to my mother? Two friends, same bad news on the relationship front. Tia shows up to Brody's house to share this news, and we learn a bit more about Brody, which is that he's a comic book junkie. His room is wall-to-wall -wall comics, which are meticulously organized and are not to be touched by anyone but him. And actually, the large collection we see in this scene is actually Kevin Smith's collection at the time. He had originally sold his collection to self-finance clerks. He then later repurchased some of his collection, which is what you see in Mallrats. Let me ask you something. Did you ever fart in front of her? <laughs> Why do you ask? 
I never farted in front of Renee, not once, all right? Then last week I let one slip, today she dumps me. <laughs> you think that that's why Renee dumped you? <laughs> Come on, she's not the shallow type, Brody. She was going down on me at the time. Shut up! What? What can I say? I was feeling very relaxed. When I'm relaxed, oh. I squirt. Oh, dude, if, if all she did was dump you, you got off light. Man, I can't believe oh. this shit. Why are we sitting here trying to figure out where we went wrong with our significant others? We just nailed it in your case. In addition to the amusing antidote from Brody, we also learned that TS was going to propose to Brandy on the Orlando trip. Brody then gets a bright idea that the best way to get over their sorrow of being dumped is to, you guessed it, hang out at the mall. I love the smell of commerce in the morning. Why are you really making that last? No, it's not one. Come on, you yeah, about a million things, but I can't express myself monosyllabically enough for you to understand them all. Asshole. Prick! Fuck you. What the hell was that all about? It's a jerk from fashionable mail, this upscale wannabe shop on the second floor. It's the manager. Guy's always giving me shit. I have no idea why. I everybody loved you at this mall. F him. Where do you want to go first? Back to Brandy's. Look, Brandy is the past, my friend. She's behind you now. You face forward, or you face the possibility of shock and damage. You should learn to heed your own advice. Where the hell did that come from? What's going on here? Looks like a stage is being erected. What is this monstrosity? Maybe it's for the Easter Bunny pictures. Impossible. The Easter Bunny court is down at the other end of the mall. It's been up since two days after Christmas. I want answers. Ask one of the workers. No, no, no. There's a soul who might know what's up. Willem. Willem! Look at your poopy trip. Brody, man. What's going on? What, do you work here now? Oh, man. Just hanging with T.S. Oh, T.S. Willem, what exactly are you doing? Looking for the hidden picture. If you stare at these things long enough, you're supposed to see some kind of hidden three-dimensional picture. Oh, yeah, look, it's a sailboat. You saw it too? Damn it! What? I've been staring at this thing for a week now, from opening till closing, and I can't see a goddamn thing! You gotta relax your eyes. Everyone sees this thing except me. But today's my day. I brought a lunch and a soda, and I'm not gonna leave until I see the sailboat everyone keeps talking about. So, Willem. Would you happen to know what this stage business is all about? It's not a stage! I'm gonna see it if I have to go blind trying. No, man, this stage over here. Oh, that thing? Having some game show in the mall today. I think it's gonna be on TV. It's called Truth or Date or something. Oh my God, that's Brandy's father's game show. What is it? Well, it's this cheesy dating game ripoff thing. It's supposed to be for college kids. It's just trying to capture the 90s youth mark with a staple of 70s television. Man, why can't they bring back or remake good shows like BJ and the Bear? Now, there's a concept I can't get enough of, a man and his monkey. Would you guys shut up? You're breaking my concentration. Sorry, Willem. Now I have to start all over again. Good luck with that thing, Willem. Yeah, man, remember, relax your eyes. Wow, a sailboat! <laughs> we get, of course, that great repeating gag throughout the film, with Willem and the hidden sailboat, or schooner. Brody gets a bright idea to help both him and T.S. Brody wants the defacing of his mall by having the show stage destroyed. 
Therefore, he will sabotage the TV show, and in doing this, Brandy won't be able to do the show and then can go on the trip with TS. But who can they get to help ruin the show's setup? Well, now it's time to meet Jay and Silent Bob. And look at this shit, the mad fat chick killer. Can't believe how fast word travels in this time. Excellent. What's he doing? Oh, uh, shit out here watched Empire and Jedi last week, and ever since he's been trying to do the Jedi mind trick. Crazy fuck thinks he'll levitate shit with his thoughts. Knock it off. The force is strong with this one. Dude, don't encourage him. So I was just telling TS here we gotta find Jay and Silent Bob. If there's anyone that can help us out, it's the two guys that have even less to do than us. What is this shit? Everyone's looking for us today. We're ducking Trisha because she wants to talk to Obi-Wan here about her video setup. Why him? Silent Bob's an electrical genius. He won the science fair in eighth grade by turning his mom's vibrator into a CD player using some chicken wire and shit. Motherfuckers like MacGyver. No, motherfuckers better than MacGyver. Knock it off. And it's that kind of smarts we need, right, Mopey? Leave me out of this. So we need you to embark on a little sabotage mission on behalf of T.S.'s love life. You know about this game show thing they got going on here? Well, we need you guys to somehow ensure that it doesn't happen. Is that it? We're going to do that anyway. Really? Why? What else are we going to do? Silent Bob here stole a schematic of the station, some foolish carpenter, and found a weakness just like the fucking Death Star. He figures here, you pull this crossbeam out, fucking biggity bam, the whole stage comes crashing down. Well, we were thinking about something simple, but if you want to destroy the stage, hey, we're all for that. Only problem is LaForce. Who's LaForce? You don't know LaForce is? They don't know LaForce is. LaForce is only the most feared security guard in the business, man. 460 collars, all convicted. Ari's even got two kills. Holy shit, I never thought I'd see the day when two such highly reputable mischief makers as yourselves douse their drawers at the sight of a mall security guard. Shit, bitch, we're gonna bust up that stage like a high school kegger. We're just gonna out with LaFour's X-Men style. Should I call you Logan Weapon X? No, Wolverine, snickety, snickety, snoring. What he's doing is imitating Wolverine's berserker attack with his adamantium claws. All right, guys, you have your mission. Go forth and wreak havoc. Bye, baby kitties. Damn, Salt Bob, show some heart. That's better. We're on the job. Thanks. I have to admit, I'm shocked you didn't try to dissuade them. <laughs> I would if I actually thought for a second they could pull it off. Oh, ye of little faith. Want a cookie? Now that a plan is in place to destroy the stage, it's back to Willem and the elusive sailboat. If you stare at this poster for a few seconds, a hidden picture appears. Can we, we do it? Please, please. <laughs> All right, go ahead. But hurry, Easter Bunny's waiting. Wow, it's a schooner. <laughs> you dumb bastard. It's not a schooner, it's a sailboat. A schooner is a sailboat, stupid head. You know what? There is no Easter Bunny. Over there, that's just a guy in a suit. But they're engaged. Doesn't matter, it can't happen. 
Why not? It's bound to come up. It's impossible. Lois could never have Superman's baby. Do you think her fallopian tubes could handle this sperm? I guarantee he blows a load like a shotgun right through her back. What about her wound? Do you think it's strong enough to carry his child? Sure, why not? He's an alien, for Christ's sake. His Kryptonian biological makeup is enhanced by Earth's yellow sun. If Lois gets a tan, the kid could kick right through her stomach. Only someone like Wonder Woman has a strong enough uterus to carry his kid. The only way he could bang regular chicks is with a kryptonite condom. That would kill him. How did I go from the verge of hot Floridian sex with Brandy to man of still coital debates with you in the food court? Kyrgyzstan is not part of the food court. Well, of course it is. The food court is downstairs. The cookie stand is upstairs. It's not like we're talking quantum physics here. The cookie stand counts as an eatery. The eateries are part of the food court. Bullshit. Eateries that operate within the designated square downstairs qualify as food court. Anything outside of said designated square is considered an autonomous unit for mid-mall snacking. Now, if you're going to wax intellectual about the subject, holy shit. I have to agree with Brody on that one. However, this brilliant logic is short-lived when he sees Renee at a clothing store and attempts to tell her that they need to split the days they spend at the mall due to their breakup. Renee then angrily tells Brody what she thinks of his plan, and he's left looking like an idiot in the store. Next, we get the layout of Jay and Silent Bob's plan to destroy the stage and the super mall cop LaFour's. Of course, it doesn't work out as planned when Silent Bob slips on a toy train and smashes into a dressing room. Phase one. First you take a run at LaFour's, but the sock full of quarters. I do it, but I pull my back out humping your mom last night, Neuch. Okay, you clock him on his headpiece and knock his ass out cold. That's when phase two kicks in. I attack the structure, Wolvie Berserk style, and knock out the fucking pin, and bickety-bam, the motherfucker's rubble. Hence, no game show. get caught in a bloodbath ensues. What is with you today? Don't get me wrong, I don't wish the kid harm, but his mother should suffer that horrific ordeal so she'll learn how to manage her child. Sort of a harsh lesson, don't you think? Man, there's not a year goes by, not a year, that I don't read about some escalator accident involving some bastard kid that could have been easily avoided had some parent, I don't care which one, but some parent conditioned him to fear and respect that escalator. Wow, look who it is. Sure. Little Trisha Jones. What's a pretty girl like you doing sitting alone in the middle of this monument to consumerism? Updating my calendar and waiting for Jay and Silent Bob. And I suppose you're here with no agenda, as per usual? On the contrary, I'm here for comics. T.S. Quint, Trisha Jones. They call her Trish the Dish. Nobody calls me that. 
Our little Trisha here is only 15, but uh, somehow she's a senior. How'd you manage that? Don't listen to him. I studied my ass off. Yeah, right. So what do you say? You want to nail TS or what? Jesus, Brody. Calm down. Trisha's compiling data for this book she's writing about the sex drive of men ages 14 to 30. If I remember correctly, it's titled Borgasm, a study of the 90s male sexual prowess. Ready to get sick? Tell them about the advance you got. Pendant Publishing gave me 20000 based on a treatment and a sample chapter. You're kidding. It's true. She'll be the youngest author to tackle the subject. So Trisha here sleeps with a bunch of guys as research, and if that's not enough, get this. She videotapes all of them. What? I get everybody's consent before we do it. Most guys get off on it. Men are easily amused. What are you writing in the calendar? I was coding last night's research. She means sex. You know what she meant? What kind of codes? Here, look. The smiling face is for when I go down on the guy. The smiley face with lashes is for when the guy goes down on me. The circle is for when we have sex. The circle with the X in it is for when I have an orgasm. The little house is when we do it inside, and the grass is for outside. That kid is back on the escalator again. How old was last night's subject, if you don't mind me asking? 25. It was the guy who runs that store, Fashionable Mail. Holy shit, you slept with that asshole? Why? I needed a 25-year-old. And he has quite a distaste for you, I might add. Oh, he mentioned me during sex? Afterwards. He says he wants to kick your ass. I'd steer clear of him if I were you. Tell me you videotaped him saying that. No, I shut the camera off after the sex. You should have heard the stuff he wanted to do. I'm having a hard time with this. Do your parents know about this? Of course. It's remarkable. That's criminal. That kid... That kid is back on the escalator again! Leave it alone! What? So, I heard you were going to propose to Brandy Spenning in some theme park. When are men going to learn that women want romance, not Mr. Toad's Wild Ride? Be fair, all right? Everyone wants Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. We gotta go. And I remember my offer. I'm young, virile, sensitive to a woman's needs. Somehow I doubt it, Sega boy. Good luck with the comic book store. Sega boy. God, Renee's got a big mouth. And what does that mean, good luck with the comic book store? How does that Junior Masters and Johnson know about my proposal? It's not like she's in an exclusive club or anything. What are you talking about? Sean Hartle's giving everyone the inside scoop. What? What's he saying? You know how her father made her do the game show so he couldn't take her to Florida. Now what the hell is this shit? What do you gotta do to get comics around this place? One side, Red. Hey, what the hell's going on here? I was warned about you. Take it easy before I have you removed from the Warned? Ball. What the fuck are you talking about? Tell him, Steve Dave. Fuck you, fanboy. You two testosterone-seeding He-Man comic book fans finish up with this display of tough guy back and forth. I got some questions I need to answer. Look, who's in there? You gotta ask me nicely. Fuck this. Oh, Brody, get the hell off. Come on, you fuckers think that just because a guy reads comics he can't start some shit? Oh, fucking take all you want. Until I find out why I can't get my comics. Christ. Excuse me. Don't hit me. Oh, why is there a line? Stan Lee signing comics. Stan Lee. Next, we get the second attempt from Jay and Silent Bob to destroy the stage. Of course, with similar results. Okay, lunchbox. Let's try this again. We tidy the roof, and you jump off and sell like a Spitfire, passing right over the arch nemesis, the fours. You then swing up to the stage and knock out the pin. And when that's gone, the stage is trashed and we go smoke a ball. You got it? Now get your fat ass up there. And dude, 
Don't forget your helmet, Snoogans. The character that keeps having Silent Bob crash in on her while dressing is Gwen, played by Joey Lauren Adams. Anyway, while Jay and Silent Bob hide from LaFour's, Brody and T.S. have a deal with the biggest asshole at the mall, Shannon, played by Ben Affleck. And Brody tries to have a talk with Renee on an elevator. Is he gone? Halfway to buy me toys by now. Damn, that bastard's faster than Walt Flanagan's dog. What's with all the running? What the hell happened to him? The human brown out here is a walking calamity. We're gonna have to take a pass on the stage trashing business, otherwise he's liable to kill himself. Sorry, bro. Oh, no hard feelings. Yeah. Isn't that Renee? Oh, yeah, she's probably looking for me. I better go talk to her. Yeah. Keep that. Oh, she's with somebody. With? She's practically blowing him. Wait a minute, it isn't the asshole from Fashionable Mail, son of a bitch? Oh, my God, do you think that they're. Uh... Could be. It'll explain why he hates me so much. There's only one way to find out. Can you run interference with the lug? What are you gonna do? Get some answers? Shit! You work at the fashionable mail, don't you? Yeah, so? Uh, that's a, a great store you got there. Uh, thanks. Listen, I'm uh, trying to spend my lunch hour with my lady friend here, okay? So, it should be. <clears throat> oh. oh, that's your girlfriend, right there? Oh, uh... Look, if you don't stop gawking at me and get the hell out of here, I'm gonna kick your ass, okay? Hey, haven't you ever heard the phrase, the customer's always right? Let me tell you a little secret. Customer's always an asshole! Jesus Christ! What the hell gives it the cover, boy? None of your damn business, but he'll probably kick your ass if he knows what you just pulled. Are you insane? The guy looks like a date rapist! Is that my jacket? Brody, start the elevator. No, not until you tell me what the situation is with you and the Sperminator out there. How long has this been going on? Since I finally mustered the good sense to send you packing. He's a much more suitable companion than you any day. Are you nuts? The guy's pure testosterone. He's a walking hard on just like a pro. I didn't need a testosterone after a year of sitting you and your comic book collection. I forgot what real men were like. 
I can't believe you had the nerve to come to my mall and pick up guys. Oh, no, no, no. Shannon did the picking up. He's already taken me lunch at the cheese house, purchased tickets for the opera night, and brought me shopping to stores I want to shop in. I took you shopping all the time! You took me while you went shopping, you jerk! Do you think I care what rat hole store in that shit pit you call the Dermods that latest Godzilla bootlegs? Do you eating pizza in the same dive pizzeria every night eating out? And do I give a shit what two major comic labels are crossing over characters selling two editions of the book and varying Chromium covers? I'm a girl, damn it! I want to do girly things like fix the summer's hair and phone calls expressing romantic sentiments! I call you all the time! Renee, my mom's asleep. Come over. You call that romantic? When was the last time you pulled out my chair or told me I was beautiful? And this guy does all this in the span of a day. This guy already introduced me to his mother. Really? He was up and at work by 9 o'clock this morning. Unlike my ex-boyfriend, who would sleep until 1 because all he did was play Sega and watch videos all night long. Which, by the way, has enormous effect on your libido. Oh, now you attack my libido? There's no libido to attack. No libido to attack? You sure you saw her get on, right? Maybe she was getting off. You know something? You look familiar to me. Couldn't be. I'm, I'm never at the mall much. No, it's not from the mall. I know. You're the guy from the news that kidnapped the president's daughter and threw her off the roof. I got a musket tangled in my girlfriend's hair, for Christ's sake. There, that was romantic, right? Passionate, yeah. No, Brody, that was too little too late. Too little? You said it was a good size. The effort, you retard. The effort was too little too late. But now that you mention it, when a girl says it's a good size, it's a nice way of saying that it's small. Hey! I am gonna kill that son of a bitch. No, 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 forget about him. Look, just... he just wanted to give me something they forgot to give me a long time ago. He's harmless now, okay? Fine, I owe you back to the store. Let's go. By the way, that little elevator jingle, you might remember from the Blues Brothers when Jake and Elwood are at the Cook County Assessor's Office at the end of the movie. As Renee mentioned, Brody's quickie inspiration was too little, too late, as she bluntly put it. T.S. decides to have a chat with Brandy's father after hearing he's the one that put in place the breakup between T.S. and Brandy. Now, Brandy's father is proud of his work and has T.S. thrown off the set. T.S. then chats with Gwen, though, of course, it's hijacked by Brody. Renee seems so coarse anyway. What was it like to date her? Ever slept with somebody? Uh, yeah. No, I mean really slept with somebody beside them, not just fucked them on a gaming table. We, uh, we slept together one time, remember, in high school, that, that ski trip? That was you? Yes, Brody, I have slept beside many people. All right, you know how when someone lays with their back to you and you lay behind them really close and you throw one arm over them? It's called spooning. Yeah, but you got to put the other arm somewhere. You can either lay on or just shove it in between your bodies. The only other option is to stretch it above your head. But sometimes my arm pops out of socket when I'm sleeping like that. So I was constantly searching for some place to keep my arm while still laying close to her. And? 
What do you mean, Anne? That's like a metaphor for our whole relationship. I'm all out. I'll meet you at the food court. I know exactly how he feels. Brody goes to the food court and is then grabbed by Shannon, who then takes him to the basement and roughs him up. Jay and Silent Bob find a battered and bloody Brody, and then mayhem ensues. That damn Easter Bunny. Fucking kidding, Easter Bunny did this? All I said was the Easter Bunny at the Menlo Park Mall was more convincing. He just jumped the railing and knocked me down. He's fucking dead. I'll let it go. He's under a lot of pressure. What the hell happened to him? The guy in Easter Bunny suit kicked his ass. I had it coming. Fuck all that shit. Come on, Silent Bob. What really happened? The proprietor of Fashionable Mail beat a rain check into my stomach. Shannon Hamilton? You know that guy? Yeah, I went out with him after we dated. He tried to scream me some more very uncomfortable ones. What, like the back of a Volkswagen? Sounds like his MO. Can you get up? Am I still glowing? Barely breathing. So was Renee involved in any of this? No, this was an independent act of aggression. He told me that his intentions were to penetrate my ex-girlfriend in the most notorious of body cavities. Sounds just like him. Oh, you better tell Renee. I'll let him do whatever the hell he wants. If she's not smart enough to see him for what he is, then she deserves the discomfort. I, on the other hand, have had just about all the discomfort I can stand for a day. Oh shit, I'm late. I gotta go. We're just gonna leave with him in this condition? I gotta split. You gonna be okay, Brody? Couple pins in the hip, I'll be good as new. That's my boy. Bye guys, be good. Women always leaving you when you've just had the crap kicked out of you. Uh, you look like you're gonna live to me here. You stay here. I gotta hit the bathroom. Please, don't say hit. All right, honey. Don't forget to look for your Easter eggs on Sunday. Bye bye, Easter bunny. All right, who's next? It's hot in this goddamn suit. Uh, hey, guys, hey, guys, get in line like everybody else. What the hell is this? This is for Brody. Him and Brody, that's what it likes leaving. Oh. You know, he seems really broken up over this whole thing. Maybe because we're broken up for good this time. You know, I remember when I dumped T.S., I was all right with it until he started dating you. A little jealousy residue? I thought so first. Mm -hmm. Then I realized it was more than that. When I saw how he was with you and how well you two complimented each other, it finally hit me that T.S. is a great catch. <laughs> Gwen, you were always cheating on him. Capricious youth doesn't mean I wasn't regretful about it. Jesus, Gwen, the last thing I need at this point is a lecture on my love life. All I'm saying is that the really good guys are few and far between. In fact, I haven't met one since T.S. And even if I did meet one, I guarantee I'd use him as a basis for my comparison. But you can have him if you want him. Believe me, I might consider trying. If you weren't so hung up on you. But I gotta get home. Have a great show. Okay. <laughs> well, after the Easter Bunny beating and a heart-to-heart -heart by Brandy and Gwen, it's time for another genius idea from Brody to get even with Brandy's father. Chocolate-covered pretzel. This is Roddy, Mr. Svenning's assistant. Mr. Svenning, I'd like to have a word with you. Where? Ah, these are melting. Copy that. By the stage. I t uh, tell him I'll be there in a minute. What do you think? I don't trust it. Well, maybe he's calmed down a little bit, you know? Let's talk about it reasonably. Reasonably, schmeasonably, you should go over there and give him shit. 
kidding. I'm trying to marry his daughter. All right, so you can't scream at him, but after all he's done to you, you should still kind of stick it to him. How do you propose I do that? You stink palm it. It's a stink palm. You take your hand, you stick it in your ass like this. You've been walking all day and you're all so nervous, so no doubt you'll be sweaty as hell. You should see yourself right now, a grown man with his hand down his pants. Yeah, I probably look like my old man. <clears throat> there, now you shake hands with the guy. Hey, Mr. Zvinning, how have you been? What's the point? You know how long it takes for that smell to come off? Scrub all you like, it'll stick around for at least two days. How does he explain it to his colleagues and family? They'll think he doesn't know how to wipe his ass properly. Meanwhile, you yourself are left with a hand that smells like shit. Small price to pay for the smiting of one's enemies. I think I'll pass. Look, do me a favor. Stay here while I go talk to him. Fellas, well, 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 if it isn't my neighbor, Mr. Zvinning, how have you, damn, would you feel that iron grip handshake, like Burt Reynolds and shit. So, what's going on here? Oh, well, uh, T.S. and I were just discussing a few of his lesser points. Of which he does have many. Mm. Hey, look at that ring. What is that? That is, uh, my, uh, junior college class ring. Come loud, 16. Uh, I also hope to come loud one day, preferably in a 69. <laughs> Say, would you like a chocolate-covered pretzel? They're a little melty, but damn, are they exquisite. And if I remember correctly, you're a big pretzel fan. <laughs> um, uh, dark uh, chocolate? Yeah? No, oh, no. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, 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 awesome. please. No, no, Here you go. Oh, oh. Uh, thank you. Mmm. <laughs> oh. Mm. Yes. Oh, good, good. Very nice. <laughs> and, you know, being a man who uh, believes in one good turn deserves another. Mm? I have something to offer the both. You? Really? What's that? <laughs> Once I realized that both of you were in the mall together, I decided to set up this little ambush to remove you and your sidekick here from the premises permanently. Hey, why am I his sidekick, all right? How do you know he's not my sidekick? You know but a lot of talking to fans. Hurry! You can't the ball, please! Hurry! Somebody call your name? Um, look, I have to go to the bathroom. Wait here, okay? Hey, anything for you, babe. It's your day. Thanks. I'll tell you what you need is a fatty boom batty blunt. And then I guarantee you see a sailboat, an ocean, and maybe even some of them big titty mermaids doing some of that lesbian shit. Look at me, look at me, you sloppy bitch! Dude, you're a mad chick magnet. Uh, T.S., Brody, security guards, under arrest, they need help? Wow, a sailboat. Brenda? Dick. This is illegal. You can't arrest us for nothing. Oh, all right. I 
believe when Mr. LaForce here turns us over to the police, the bag of contraband that he's found on our persons will give them more than enough reason to keep us locked up, at least for the duration of this evening's show. Isn't that right, Mr. LaForce? Oh, son of Jarrell! Kneel before son! Snoochie boochies! <laughs> Welcome, Nerf Pinch. Well, it was close. What about that stink palm back there? He even licked his hand. Yeah, we gotta disappear, man. They're gonna be looking for us. Oh, thank you, thank you, man. We owe you one. You wanna hide? I know just the place. Whatever, let's just go! Don't I even get to wash my hand first? Brody! The duo escape with Silent Bob's Batman gadgets. Also a great inside joke when Willem calls Gwen Brenda, of course, as a nod to Shannon Doherty's character on Beverly Hills 90210. Now to hide out, Brody and T.S. end up at the Dirt Mall, where T.S. has his fortune told by the great Ivana, played by Priscilla Barnes, you will remember as Terry from Three's Company fame. Ivana's talent is that she does her fortune-telling topless and has a third nipple, which is only fitting coming from a Three's Company character, after all. After a positive reading from Ivana, T.S. has a new lease on his romantic life with Brandy and heads back to the Good Mall to win her back by getting himself on the game show. Brody, on the other hand, is a tough nut to crack. However, there is one man that can change his outlook on life. You um, looking at that couple inside? Actually, I was just looking at this uh, little pink number over here. Oh, yeah, that's kind of nice. They look happy, don't they? What, the bras? No, the couple. They look happy. I guess, as far as couples go. You know, it reminds me of an issue of Spider-Man I did when Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy went lingerie shopping. Of course, the Green Goblin showed up, and he pumpkin-bombed the hell out of the place. But aside from that, it... It's pretty much the same thing. Oh my God. Holy shit! Aren't you? Oh, Stanley. Hi. The Fantastic Four, Reed Richards. Can his whole body stretch? I mean, every part, you know, like his... Hey, <laughs> I know what you mean. We never really tackled stuff like that in the old days. I mean, what with the comic book code and all. I can't believe I'm standing here talking to you. You're responsible for the greats. Let's do the list, Spider-Man. Guilty. The Incredible Hulk. Afraid so. Oh, man, this is so cool. The X-Men. Now that you mention it. Shit, man, you are a god. Hey, look at that couple. Boy, they sure seem to be in love, huh? You know, what's with that? That's the second time you've commented on couples in love. Well, I, I like that sort of thing. Tell me, do you have a girlfriend, Brody? Had one. We just broke up. The Thing. 
Is this dork made of orange rock like the rest of his body? <laughs> it's a superhero secret. Tell me, Brody, uh, why did you and your girlfriend break up? She was a pain in the ass. She wanted me to be this typical boyfriend guy. Said I was too into my own world of comics and all. Yeah, I can relate. There was a time when it was all about comics for me, you know? I, I had a girl probably the same as yours. She always complained that I spent too much time with my own comics. And, uh... Eventually, we broke up. See, what did she know? Here you are now, a legend in the field. Probably had a slew of women since her, am I right? Oh, lots of women. Jagger and me, we had a running contest to see who had the most. Matter of fact, last time I looked, I was way ahead. Damn, that's hot! But I never forgot that girl. Well, did you ever get back together with her? One day, I found out she got married. I had blown it. I had uh, missed my window. What'd you do? I went on with my life. I created some special new superheroes. Uh, they were characters that reflected my own heartbreak and my own regrets. How so? Dr. Doom wears body armor to conceal his own mangled form, right? Yeah. Okay. That was me beneath the armor. The Hulk. A normal guy one minute, a rage of emotions the next. Just like me, when I thought about what I'd given up. So you created each character as a way to deal with your one big regret. Yeah, the girl that got away. Look, do yourself a favor, Brody. Don't wait, because all the money, all the women, even all the comic books in the world, they can't substitute for that one person. I don't know, all the comics in the world? Trust me, true believer. Well, good talking to you. Keep up all the good work. You keep reading them. I'll keep writing them. Hey, Stan. Yeah? She really meant that much to you? Brody, I'd give it all up. All of it. For just one more day with her. Take care. Stan! Hi. Hey. hey, you know, I think he bought it. Yeah? yeah? Yeah, what kind of story did you give him? Oh, it was the vulture soliloquy, you know, from the Spider-Man anniversary issue. Love, be a vulture tonight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I can't thank you enough, Mr. Oh, forget it. But, you know, I think you ought to get him some help. He seems to be really hung up on superhero sex organs. But he'll outgrow it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Mr. Lee. Yeah. Excelsior. Oh, you got that right. See ya. So sure, the Marvel Cinematic Universe films get all this credit with the Stanley cameos, but really, Mallrats was the first and the best to utilize the greatness of Stan Lee. Though as a backup, in case they couldn't get Stan, John Waters was on the list, along with Quentin Tarantino. And as great as they are, Stan Lee just fit perfectly for Mallrats. All right, will TS get on the game show and win back Brandy? And can Brody stop being an idiot long enough to win back Renee? And will Willem finally see the sailboat? The final 30 minutes, of course, answers all of those questions, and you'll get a hilarious game show in the process. For me, this is still my favorite Kevin Smith movie, just narrowly beating Clerks. Okay, I normally don't do this, but I have to spoil the ending a little bit, because Brody is too funny not to share one of the best clips of the film. Both T.S. and Brody end up on the show, and, well, you can hear for yourself. Second suitor, if we were making Whoopi... What's Whoopi? Um, oh, well, if we were, uh, if we were being intimate, 
What, like fucking? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if, if we were, uh, you know, well, what, what kind of noises would you make? No, I, I think that's kind of personal. I don't think I should answer that. Okay. Uh, suitor number three. What would our first date be like? Well, uh, first I'd take you shopping to the stores you'd want to shop in. And then we'd do a little lunch, probably at the cheese house, followed by some golfing. And then at night, uh, we'd take in an opera, probably Deflator Mouse. And then I'd follow it all up with a drive to a secluded beach where I'd pop on the radio and, and then we could slow dance till the sun came up. That was the biggest load of crap I've ever heard. I mean, look at you. You're the kind of guy that would beg for sex. And I should know. We can smell our own. <laughs> Suitor number one. If we fell in love, how would you propose to me? When Jaws popped out of the water? Excuse me? I propose to you right now. I propose that you stop letting your father run your life and you be true to yourself and not give up on somebody you know has value. Yeah, and take off your socks when you make whoopee or whatever the hell that word is. He hates it when you leave him on. What? Uh, hypothetically speaking. Pseudo number one, you, you sound familiar. Like your conscience, maybe? Look, lady, you don't know him, all right? Now make with the questions. Suitor number three. Is your kiss like a soft breeze, a firm handshake, or a jackhammer? What's the funny guy doing with his hands? I don't want to know. What the fuck is going on up there? Definitely a jackhammer. I'm in there with some pressure, and when I'm done, you're not the same as before. You're changed. Where do you come up with this shit? That is the cheesiest response to an honest question I've ever heard. I saw you kiss and it wasn't anything like that. <laughs> uh, suitor number two, you have to wait until you're addressed before you respond. Richard Dawson, just go back to your podium until it's time to play the feud, all right? <laughs> who the hell did you see me kiss? Some dude backstage. I don't know who he was, but he seemed unimpressed. I didn't kiss any guy backstage, I swear. I'm not gay. Hey, Suitorette, this guy's a homophobe. You heard how repulsed he sounded. Is this the kind of guy you want to spend a vacation with, this hate monger? I don't hate gay people. So you love them? Yes! I mean, no! Textbook closet case, self-loather. Can't be comfortable with his own sexuality. By the way, that other contestant was Brian O'Halloran from Clerks fame who played Dante. The game show character in Mallrats is supposed to be the cousin of Dante, so it stays in that universe. And at the very end of credits, you see that Jay and Silent Bob will return in the movie Chasing Amy. Now, there is a much longer extended version of the film, which is included on the DVD, which adds about 30 minutes. It's not a better version, in my opinion. There are just many scenes that are extended from the theatrical version. Even Kevin Smith admitted that these scenes were removed due to negative test screenings. But here are some of the notable inclusions. There is a completely different opening in which Brandy's dad is hosting a party for the governor, and T.S. ends up accidentally shooting the governor with a musket because it was the colonial theme of the party, while he and Brandy are kind of hiding on the roof. This is the reason why Brandy's dad hates T.S. so much, because he shot the governor. And there's many scenes involving the press hounding everyone at the shooting. There's also a new subplot of Brody showing intentions of wanting to be on television, which explains his surprise look during his appearance on the TV show. 
And there are additional where are they now scenes at the end of the film. All right, some fun facts. So the main mall where most of the shots were filmed was at the Eden Prairie Center in Minnesota, even though the film is supposed to take place in New Jersey. Now, Kevin Smith thanked a bunch of personal friends in the credits, but the best for the casual viewer was John Landis and John Hughes for giving him something to do throughout his youth on Friday nights. Jennifer Love Hewitt was up for the Trish role. Chronologically, Mallrats takes place a day before Quirks in the Kevin Smith movie universe. However, film-wise, as you know, Mallrats came out after Quirks. There have been many stop-starts for a sequel, one being called Mall Brats in 2015 and then morphed into a potential TV show, and they all fell through. However, in 2020, a proper film sequel is in development by Kevin Smith, but who knows if it'll actually come out. Henry Thomas was up for the role of T.S., though Universal wanted Ethan Hawke. Adam Sandler and Steve Zahn were considered for the role of Brody. Universal, in addition to Sandler, wanted Mike Myers or Chris Farley. Shannon Doherty had a clause on her contract that she could keep everything her character wore, so she came up with a plan that her character should wear everything she bought on her shopping trip. Heather Graham and Reese Witherspoon auditioned for the film, and supposedly Kevin Smith did not enjoy meeting Witherspoon. Jennifer Love Hewitt tried out for the role of Tricia. Parker Posey was considered for the role of Gwen. Alyssa Milano auditioned for the role of Renee. And Kari Wurr and Jenny McCarthy both tried out for Renee and Brandy. All right, we have three special guests for this film. It's a trifecta. First, we have Baco from the Cobras and Fire podcast. He has some great stories about his hometown and the mall. We have Stephen Michael from the Growing Up Rock podcast. And then we wrap it up with the return of Sarah, who always has something funny and interesting and always random to talk about. And I'll be back next week with yet another random movie from my DVD collection. Okay, we are back with Baco from the Cobras and Fire podcast, which you know and you love and you have a lot of fun with. And uh, currently, as we are recording this, and this will be released uh, pretty soon, uh, he, they are right in the middle of their March Badness uh, bracket that they do on their podcast every year, which uh, mirrors March Madness in the NCAA tournament. But they pick the worst album, subjectively or objectively, and uh, they, <laughs> they they find these uh, these really terrible albums and then they go head to head and people vote on them and it's been a lot of fun to listen to and we don't know how it's going to turn out but that's why you need to tune into covers and fire and uh and we have kind of the the organizer of that on on the podcast now so welcome back Baco. hey always happy to join you brian thanks for the invite man no problem. Well, there was a few main reasons why I wanted to have you on for this episode. One, uh, you had told me you're a big Kevin Smith fan, so obviously doing Mallrats. And then specifically, you kind of have ties to this film because what we'll get into that now. Um, the main mall was supposed to be filmed in New Jersey because the film is based in New Jersey, but it was too expensive. So instead, they went to the Eden Prairie Mall in Minnesota uh, because it was cheaper to film there. And of course, you have been there and you were just there recently. So what is this mall like? And, and do you remember this scene being filmed at the time at the mall back in, I guess, 94, 95? I, I was not aware when it was happening, but it was it definitely was like one of those things that you find out quite a bit a lot. You know, it's like once the movie comes out, if you know, Minnesotans are like, hey, this was shot here in Eden Prairie. <laughs> the weird thing is that uh, so the Eden Prairie is a suburb of the, the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul where I have lived since about, I think, 96 is when I moved up here. And I probably didn't actually make a trek to the mall. And, and by the way, I love, I'm a huge fan of the movie. It, I just, I don't know, never, never bothered until, I don't know, maybe about 2002, three or four, something like that. So I've, I've been there a handful of times. It does not resemble 
the mall in the movie much anymore from the outside or the inside. Probably the most memorable thing or that, that you look at that you can see, okay, this is where they, they would have done this is like uh, where they set up the stage for the, the game show and stuff. Right. That, that whole rotunda area is there with the elevator and everything. Um, and, uh, as a matter of fact, I was just there a couple of weeks ago with my wife and mm-hmm. they were, they, they were using the rotunda area to, to, uh, showcase all ages of girls doing traditional Irish dance, which is, uh, <laughs> not, not exactly something I hung around for. And, oh, and of course, uh, fashionable male is still open down in the, where the lower level, but, uh, but what about rug munchers and, uh, oh, and rug the, munchers uh, is closed. Uh, and, and the, uh, burnt flesh, uh, tanning salon. So <laughs> <laughs> buy me toys. Yeah. yeah. It was turned into a KB and then they went out of business, but oh, uh, there is an actually the weird thing is this is one of the uh, few malls that actually still has a pet shop in it. I might oh, be really? confusing malls now that I said out loud. We went to, for my wife's birthday. We, we, we did uh, a lot of like, uh, shopping for my wife. So that was my gift to her is to, to give her company while she spends money. Well, that's nice. And, and actually, that leads me to the, my next question. So growing up in the 80s, mall culture was a was a huge thing. Were you a mall rat? Were you a mall kid? And, and did you enjoy going to the mall at the when you were younger or even now, obviously? Uh, you know, not, not so much now that. Uh, but, yeah, as a kid, uh, boy, uh, I think from the moment that I started, you know, wanting music uh, in my life, uh, I started like using my birthday as like, just give me money and take me to. The nearest mall was uh, Burnsville Mall, and uh, mm-hmm. boy, they had three record stores, mm. two two toy stores, uh, all sorts of stuff that would uh, I could I could go burn my thirty to forty dollars, whatever they gave me back then. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and you know, we had a local mall in town. Uh, my my the small town I grew up in, Owatonna. Um. I actually, uh, um, it, it's become quite a hit amongst uh, people from Owatonna. But um, some friends of mine and I, we shot a little movie, uh, in, in 1990. And about 20 minutes of it takes place in the mall. And the <laughs> thing is, we're just using a, a, a handheld, you know, VHS camera, right? And, and we're sure. we're setting up our little bits and, and doing them. But the whole time this is going on, this is one of those times where they have things going on in the mall. Like the entire middle of the mall has all these vendors and radio stations and all these things set up. So it's a really neat time capsule because that mall now is owned by an insurance company. And they use it for office space. Oh. Uh, and uh, so it, uh, it, it's a, a video that, that has garnered some respect, not so much for the quality of uh, of the work, but the fact that someone can go, my God, there's the parking lot. There's the inside there. There's the drugstore, all the, all the good stuff. So, um, uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, to, to answer your question in a little shorter form, yeah, I, I've been to <laughs> malls enough. Uh, I heard the term mall rat, you know, back in the late 80s, early 90s. So before the movie came out, I'm familiar. So your favorite stores are obviously the, the record stores, I'm assuming. Yeah, absolutely. And if there's any music store, like, you know, every now, I think a couple malls had like, you know, a Schmidt music or maybe some like independent uh, music either with guitars and drums and shit. So, OK, and then the obvious thing is what's your favorite food court or what was your favorite food court uh, place to go? Oh, to? man. Uh, Sabaro's up there. Uh, yep. <laughs> probably still if you can find one. Um, man, you know, the weird thing is uh, <laughs> a little off topic, but it's I've only seen two of them. But anytime I see a panda buffet that's freestanding <laughs> somewhere, it's always like, "What? It, this is not a mall. That's only <laughs> supposed to be in malls." Right. But, a panda. You know, yep. Probably Sbarro. I I loved Orange Julius yep. uh, drinks drinks back in the day. I had one recently. I'm like, either they changed something or I vastly overrated these when I was younger. Probably a little bit of both. I think. Yeah. It's like okay. orange drink from uh, McDonald's. I remember liking orange drink and I tried that. Oh, this is <laughs> swell. Uh, did you ever work at the mall? No, never had a job in retail at all. 
Okay, we go back, and did you see Clerks first, or did you see Mallrats first? Ah, boy, not sure. I never saw either one in the theater. I didn't see Mallrats probably till about five years after it came out. Uh, okay. Um, a buddy of mine uh, in, that was in another band had, was a huge Kevin uh, Smith fan, and I was looking at his VHS collection, and he had, like, Chasey Amy, and, and I, mm. I, didn't, I didn't even really put that whole universe together yet. You know what I mean? Uh, and I was like, why would you own this? To me, that was like some weird romantic comedy. And then he told me about the whole Kevin Smith thing. Yeah. And then, you know, his passion got me into like, I watched all of them. So I don't know if I watched it. It definitely really close to each other. Um, but yeah. So anyway, I, be, I became a fan. I, I'm going to guess I saw clerks first. Okay. Where would you rank for you personally? Uh, Mall rats in Kevin Smith's filmography. If you've seen most of his films, probably number two, Okay. Um, and, and here's a weird thing, Brian. I don't think it holds up when you watch it now. It, it oh, is, really? Yeah, but it holds up for me. Right. Like, if I'm if I'm stepping outside and being objective, I'm like, you know, the acting and, and dialogue isn't quite there. And But it is, it's still so much fun, but it's very nostalgic. Uh, Dogma is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yes. Yeah. And that's number one for me. Um, never huge on Clerks, but it's, it's, it's a cute little film, I guess. It's got some Minnesota references in it there, too. So one of the things about Quirks, it was just a total unexpected hit, small budget, black and white, everything. And then Mallrats comes out and they have a much bigger budget and it really bombed at the box office. Why do you th- why do you think that happened? Um, boy, you know, <laughs> not not an area that I'm a. Uh consider myself much of an expert on but i just i don't don't know you watch the trailer i I just don't think it connected with people also Mm. a lot of unknown actors as much as it had a budget people maybe heard of clerks but now this is a chance to you know expand the audience but but i don't think you don't do that by drawing in people who saw clerks it just wasn't enough of them as well as that movie did yeah and one of the theories at least kevin smith's theory is look we made it a a rated r movie for a peach 13 audience and uh you know if you want a teenager to see this it it was going to be really tough and so i think it became a cult classic because eventually people started to see it on cable or uh on video when they couldn't see it in the theater so yeah maybe he overthought himself on on that one and uh and and maybe he's an r-rated guy i definitely think uh you know but yeah he's got that's a solid point because the core audience for this movie would be teenagers and and you know tweens yeah exactly okay well get into the film we'll just go right into it who's your favorite character i'm assuming it's it's somebody that everyone loves but i don't know Uh, maybe you have you have a different uh different gotta be brody right yeah (laughs) of course (laughs) just a smug comic collecting jerk yep uh oh my god yeah he and he's 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 the the comic portion of the movie and also he has a lot of you know you know inappropriate sexual thoughts about superheroes so yeah i mean uh Easily the most relatable one. Um, uh, oh, I'm, I'm I'm drawing the character's blank name. Uh, the uh, his his best friend in the movie. Uh, bro, not uh, uh, T S. T S. Yeah, he mm-hmm. he was might be my least favorite. Yes, he comes off like a whiny little bitch. May, either him or generic. his girlfriend. One of those two. <laughs> just I don't want. They're perfect for each other, actually, in many ways. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we kind of touch upon. So, the, are you a comic book fan? And and this is has to be Marvel was inspired by this movie, whether they want to admit it or not, because it really is the first use of Stan <laughs> Lee. You know. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I am a comic book fan. The, the, I don't know what the eras are called, but I was a a reader between like eighty one and eighty six. Those are my okay. my prime collecting years where I where I read them. Uh, Big Spider Man, Avengers, 
I like the West Coast Avengers a lot. Uh, but I, you know, I, I dabbled in other series as well, obviously. But those are my three go tos. But uh, so there, and I'm a, I'm a person who's very much a snob about the direction the Marvel universe has gone movie wise. So I, I, I'm not a fan. So, so were you a fan of the initial phase? So like, meaning if we go MCU, did you like what, what Iron Man started as and then it got progressively worse? Or you didn't like that? The first Iron Man is probably the best of, of all of them. Mm-hmm. And I go, I, I would probably personally start, especially now since they have actually drawn it into the MCU. But the, the very first Spider-Man with uh, Toby was, was really solid. I thought the second one yeah. was, was dumb as fuck. But once that happened, it became there was a formula cookie cutter thing that I thought Iron Man did a really good job of kind of stepping away from. Mm-hmm. And look, there's been some good ones since then. Uh, I, I enjoyed the first. Um, oh, God, the, the the Guardians of the Galaxy. That was sure. That was a fun one. Um, I did enjoy the the two part Avengers deal with the Infinity Stone deal. OK. And but. But like probably the most unpopular opinion from me on that, Brian, is that I don't not only do I not think Black Panther is a good movie, it's a mm-hmm. bad Marvel movie. It is dumb hmm. as fuck. Really? I was just like, yeah. I, and, and and I'm not like some old white guy mad that they're trying to make me <laughs> watch black people become superheroes. It's nothing like that. It was just right. so stupid, man. It's like we are the most advanced civilization. Also, that guy over there with a giant plate in his lip who rides a horse he is an elder. It's just I, I can't fucking. You, you guys are inventing time traveling spaceships, but your main boat of transportation is horseback. Yes, man. Well, I won't have you on for the Black Panther episode, <laughs> but, or maybe I will because then we'll get we'll get a point point counterpoint because we're gonna get the, the uh, you should, yeah. <laughs> you should have someone on who's actually seen the whole thing. I think I made it thirty eight minutes before I said boom. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I would say that uh, you know a lot of people like Thor, the last Thor movie, uh, Ragnar rock because it's actually probably the, the funniest of them all so i, I don't know if okay it, yeah if that i haven't seen that one but i do like um uh, the, uh hemsworth as uh as thor a lot yeah. uh you know if you like guardians i think you'd like thor ragnarok because it's got the same type of humor fair enough yeah i mean uh and look uh, I, a lot of people are very passionate about it and that's all good and, you know it's just not my cup of tea i i, sure. I like things kind of more classic and all that's Stuff. No, and that's, that's they're very they're very well shot and all that good stuff. So, well, they definitely felt followed a formula and which worked for them, and so they I think for lack of creativity towards the end because they already knew what would work and what would sell. So, um, yeah, I mean <laughs> you can't fault them. I mean, but again, it's like music. You know, if, if you follow if you release the same album and it's boring and everything, but if it works for them, look at Molly Crew. It just you know they they continue, <laughs> to sell, they continue to sell well, even though they got progressively worse as as uh, as albums. But uh, going back for to to Mallrats, what are some of your favorite scenes and favorite lines? Oh God, there's so fucking many. Um, I love the the stink palm scene. <laughs> <laughs> you never look at that or uh, pretzels the same again. Uh, yeah, no shit. Um, yeah, but the, the weird thing is that, like, at the same time, you question how effective it. Like, that worked way too good. Yeah. Um, I like when they go to the, uh, the 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 ghetto mall or the poor people mall. The dirt, the dirt mall. Dirt mall. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just all that, and then of course when she has three nipples and one of them is gum is kind of funny. Of course. Um, there's a couple scenes with Ben Affleck that are that are funny. Um. I actually like him in this movie a lot where he's just kind of like that uh, kind of overbearing, like macho jerk. Yep. Uh, just like in Days Confused, actually, uh, when he was playing O'Banion. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, when uh, the, the couple of failed attempts to sabotage the, the stage, were, especially if it involved um, um, Silent Bob swinging yep. through the air, that was always that was always good. Yep. Getting cornered by uh, Lafleur's that was the the, the, uh, yeah, the yeah, security yeah. guards. Yep. In uh, his group of minions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, when uh, the uh, I think it's the guy that went on to do. Uh, isn't Ethan Supley? He's the he's the guy standing at the boat. He also did. Uh, My name is Earl, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yep. Uh, just when he calls that kid a dumb bastard, because <laughs> <laughs> no scooter was a boat. <laughs> which leads me, you dumb bastard. Which leads me, do you, were you ever into those Magic Guy uh, books and that that whole craze of of that era? Not as far as like buying one, but the, the first one I was actually able to figure out was actually an ad for Nady Wireless guitar. Uh, things that was it was an advertisement in guitar magazine i was just taking a shit reading it and then all of a sudden it just popped and then at, from that point on like i went and looked at anytime i saw one i'm like i can do this now uh so i was much like uh uh the, the ethan character there the where it was just like i can't even see this shit night but once you get once you figure it out it's it's amazing right and, and obviously you have to be on the can to enjoy it so yeah that's, well that well that's what worked for me yeah you know everybody can find well, their own way but Going back to the scatological theme, we the stink palm had to create. I mean, that might have been ground zero for COVID, and we didn't even know it. So uh, that's a that's a hot take. <laughs> that is a hot take, in which uh, you can hear plenty of these on Cobras and Fire. So if you enjoy this, this is uh, it's a million times better on on Cobras and Fire with it. So, um, but yeah, don't forget that of course at the Dirt Mall you had uh, Priscilla Barnes, who you mentioned, who of course was Terry and Three's company. So. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was I seeing her tits? I guess. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say very titillating for many people who. <laughs> so would like you... to see it maybe a few years earlier. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> By the way, so did you ever see the extended cut of this film? Where it's it's probably about forty minutes uh, more. I don't think so. It's not on my DVD. No, they just released a kind of extended Blu-ray. Okay. Uh, so I don't know. I assume it's on that, or I'm, I'm not even sure where to find it. Yeah, it should be on this. I guess. The ten-year anniversary one. I, I would say that the biggest change was the they had a completely different opening scene where um, T.S. accidentally shoots like the governor, and that's why um, his girlfriend's father hates him so much. <laughs> so it, <laughs> there's there's more of a backstory to it. I understood why they they cut it out. It really didn't add much, but there's certain points in the film where it, it kind of references that shooting that they just never bothered to explain, and you just kind of go with it because okay, you know I, I know what you're talking about. Um, okay, last question. If you were um, a teenager and single, would you ever do a dating show like Truth or Date? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was the MTV dating show they did that Jenny McCarthy did? Oh, Singled Out? Is it? Yeah, okay. Out? I did that one time. Um, oh, like for a real? Bar. Yeah, bar at okay. the mall. All of America. So this would have been. It wasn't the actual show, but they had a like, like you know, basically to get you know young people out and drink on a weeknight. Sure. They'd have they had this game that they would do, and like yeah, me and a buddy went, and, and uh, we we didn't even know it was happening. And then once it started, I was like yeah, fuck it, let's do it. So that, <laughs> we got singled out pretty fast. You know, I mean, we're, we were out. Of, I think in the. Oh okay. Oh, is it, there was no video of it or anything. Not not that I'm aware. of. Uh. <laughs> You have to go back in the archives. That'd be great. Oh, that's, yeah. and plus, that's your if you're playing your your um your your short film that you made because you're comparing it to Dave Grohl's new short film. That'd be <laughs> that'd be a great um you know sizzle reel that for you. 
Uh, yeah, Matt Porter just reached out to me. He wanted to see those. So I said, those are on YouTube, people. Go, go uh, <laughs> hunt them down. Go to check them out. Well, as always, Baco, thank you so much for doing this. Definitely check out Cobras and Fire. Uh, it, really, it's my weekly go-to podcast. Uh, one, one of the few that I, I constantly listen to every week, and it's just a lot of fun. So thank you guys for doing what you do. I appreciate it, Brian. And always reach out to me anytime you want. I love coming on your show talking. You always talk about movies that are near and dear to me, so. Okay, we're back with Stephen Michael from the Great Growing Up Rock Podcast. Welcome back, Stephen. Hey, Brian Davis. How are you, man? I'm doing great. And, uh, well, first I got to know, when when you were growing up as a kid, were you one of those mall rats? Did you love hanging out at the mall? 150%. I grew up (laughs) in a small town, so there wasn't a whole lot else to do. We didn't grow up in California where you got your choice of stuff to do. So, yeah, I was definitely a mall rat. I got a question for you. Sure. Is the cookie store part of the food court? <laughs> I would say no. I don't believe it is. I think it depends on the mall itself because yeah. I've seen I've seen malls where the food, uh, where the uh, cookie store is set up within the food court and other places where it is freestanding. So I remember the the main mall that that I grew up near. Um, they had Mrs. Fields Cookies, and that was a separate entity. Uh, it was it was actually, if I remember correctly, next to the Gap. So it was completely separate. So yeah, so I guess that every, as you said, every mall was configured differently. Exactly. So Brody was uh, wrong. <laughs> well, and then partially. the other question, you're partially wrong. And then the other question is, did, did you see the the boat? Uh, I did not see the boat, and you know today. I, uh, this one came down to the wire. Like, so I pulled out the DVD to watch <laughs> it this morning and I got behind on some of the stuff I was doing this morning. And I, I had to kind of fast forward through a bunch of stuff, but sure. what I really wanted to do was watch the movie today with the uh, commentary from, mm. uh, because it's on my DVD. It's part of the, uh, the extra bonus features is they do the whole movie with commentary from, Kevin Smith and uh, Ben Affleck and Jason Mewes and all mm-hmm. these guys, right? Yep, yep. So I wanted to watch that because I figured you'd get a uh, good insight to some of the things. But I was looking at that uh, thing with the sailboat, and I was like, I wonder if it really isn't one of those pictures and there is no sailboat. <laughs> I, I don't know. Did you ever see it? I did. And, but uh, I remember getting those magic eye books and I could never I could never point out anything. So I either my brain doesn't have that type of visual <laughs> whatever that you need to see it. But, yeah, those I, I remember those were big in grade school. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I did see some over the course of time, but I just didn't see this sailboat. Right. And maybe that's part of the gag, too. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm assuming you're a huge fan of Kevin Smith. And uh, so where would this rank uh in in the kevin smith movies that you've seen and do like where would mall rats actually rank man that's hard for me because i didn't put together a ranking but i like mall rats a lot i would say it's up there as far as i'm concerned and maybe i'm missing something that he's done more recently but uh i think that the only one i wasn't that big of a fan of was um was it garden state girl or jersey girl or jersey girl he did that, right? That was he did. his. Yeah. I don't I don't think I, I liked that movie very much. It just didn't have I mean, I'll be honest, I like the stupid, raunchy, dumb humored stuff that he does. That stuff is uh is the stuff I get. Yeah. And, 
And so mall rats chasing Amy clerks, obviously, yep. um, uh, the Jay and silent Bob, uh, movie was awesome. Uh, clerk, even clerks too, I thought had its moments, mm-hmm. you know, and so, dogma and, and, uh, Do- dogma yeah. was fantastic. Dogma is something that, uh, I got something new out of the more times that I watched it. You know what I mean? Like there was, there was, uh, definitely some hidden deeper stuff within dogma, but I really, really appreciated it. Uh, especially because I mean, I'll be honest, I grew up, uh, in the Bible belt. So I grew up with <laughs> right. under the thumb of the Catholic church, basically. Sure. <laughs> so, well, I and got, having George Carlin as buddy, you know, doing the buddy Christ, uh, little bit, that's so good. Freaking fantastic. Well, I think the last, I wouldn't call it great, but the last movie I really enjoyed for him was uh, Zach and Mary Make a Porno. I thought that was a, a, a terrific comedy, and a lot, of, a lot of people forget about that one. I'm going to have to rewatch that one because I I think I've seen that flick, but I also think that it, it didn't hit home with me when I saw it. Um, and I didn't know that was a Kevin Smith movie either. I think people forget. They just assume that it's a, a, maybe a Judd Apatow movie because Seth Rogen's in it and Elizabeth Banks yep. is in it. And, and uh, no, but it's a Kevin Smith movie. I'll have to check that one out. All sure. right. So what's really interesting about Mallrats is so it's the second film that Kevin Smith did. He had really un, um, kind of unprecedented success with Clerks because it was such a low budget film and it just took off. Nobody was expecting that. And so I think there was some pressure on Mallrats to kind of have – uh, the same sort of success. And for whatever reason, uh, when it first came out, it didn't resonate with people. Why do you think that is? I think it's every bit as good as Clerks, even though it's a little bit different. Well, okay. So my thought on the whole thing is that Mallrats was some, somewhat of a big production, mm-hmm. uh, you know, after seeing Clerks. I mean, he he basically did Clerks on his credit card, right? Mm-hmm, For like mm-hmm. 10 grand or something. And right. it's, to anybody who hasn't seen Clerks yet, which I can't imagine, but if there are people out there that haven't seen Clerks, I mean, it's really, it's just black and white and it's all about the dialogue. It's not about anything else. And the other thing about Kevin Smith is that basically he's employing a bunch of people he grew up with that aren't even really actors. Right. (laughs) So the stupidity and the acting that goes within one of his movies, at least those earlier movies, mall, uh, mall rats included is kind of like, I mean, it's shitty. It's shitty acting. It's not about that. It's about the dialogue. And that's what I find funny. Uh, when I watched mall rats this morning, I was like, you know, noticing like the guy, one of the guys that's setting up the stage is like his mustache is about falling off and <laughs> he's got this bad wig on and yep. uh, some of the character actors that are just kind of there. You can tell they're not acting because they don't really even know how to like look away from the camera and stuff. And so it's just it's very shoddy. But that's also one of the things that I kind of appreciate about these movies. Exactly. That's the charm. I, I kind of liken Kevin Smith's dialogue almost to like Quentin Tarantino, but in a comedic way. I mean, it's like you it's a type of comedy that you're really listening to the dialogue, which you're not looking necessarily always for like sight gags. Well, I'll be honest, when I saw Clerks first and what drew me in was I remember coming from Clerks after watching it and going, holy shit, 
this is literally how me and my friends talk <laughs> and literally what we talk about some right. of the, some of the stuff that we talk about. So that was the first time that I really connected with somebody that, that I felt like was hanging out with me and my friends. Now, are you a comic book guy at all? Like, so I mean, basically like, uh, like Brody. So no, I, I understand the comic books. I grew up liking some of it, but I was never, I was never the guy that had stacks of comic books and read them and knew about them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause I think, uh, and Kevin Smith, I mean, is a huge comic book guy. That's yep. why it's incorporated into this, but I think nobody could have played that part of Brody better than Jason Lee. I mean, he is that guy. Yeah. He's fantastic. I mean, he, in every, in to me, in every one of the movies that, um, that he's done with, uh, Kevin Smith, he's had this certain, uh, charm about him, even in a non Kevin Smith movie, like let's say almost famous. He, Jason Lee just has this sort of charm about him. I don't know what it is, but I like him. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I just think he's a terrific comedic actor of the, of the female characters. Which one is your favorite? I, I always thought that Shannon Doherty was a little bit miscast in this, but how, how do you feel? Uh, you know what? I'm going to agree with you on that. Uh, I never really looked at that, but yeah, I sort of, uh, uh, agree with that. I've always been partial a little bit to Joey Lauren Adams yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but I also think that the, uh, girl that played, um, uh, what, uh, Jeremy London's, uh, girlfriend, she was, uh, kind of cute. She's a British actress. Yeah. Yeah. Claire Forlani. She plays uh Brandy. Yep. Yeah. I almost think that Joey Lauren Adams could have played um, the Shannon Doherty character. Uh, sure, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. why not? Yeah, because yep. I think she'd be on there. But I mean, gr granted, she's fine as Gwen. I mean, she's kind of the the you know the ex girlfriend. They're still friends, and, and she kind of gives advice and everything. But it's a, it's a minor thing. I think it's funny going back and and watching uh, seeing Ben Affleck as such the jerk, even though he kind of did the same thing in um, Dazing a Fuse when he plays O'Banion. So he was kind of almost typecast as that um, William Zabka <laughs> type character. Obviously he evolved into probably the biggest name of any of these actors, but it's interesting seeing him in a, in an early role. Well, I did catch a, a little part of the um, commentary where uh, Kevin Smith was saying that uh, a lot of people for whatever reason almost felt like Mallrats was going to be kind of a sequel to days and confused with, uh, Joey Lauren Adams. And then they were thinking that Jeremy London was Jeremy London, <laughs> right. but, but it's, it's the, the wrong one, right? It's his brother. So brother. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they, you know, they almost thought that it was a kind of a sequel thing, which was obviously incorrect. And going back to the, the Shannon Doherty thing, uh, and the Joey Lauren Adams thing, the one thing that I would say why Joey Lauren Adams might not have been the one to play that Shannon mm -hmm. Doherty characters, because, she, Shannon Doherty has that kind of uh, sharp disdain delivery on some of the stuff. And I think that particular character maybe needed somebody that was a little bit uh, uglier with the tongue, sure. so to speak, you know? Yeah, that's, that's totally valid. That's a, that's a great point. I think another um, interesting thing, this is like one of the first uses of Stan Lee uh, in a film and as a character, because eventually he would be, even though he is, uh, you know, a God by comic book fans, but mm -hmm. I think in general people didn't really think, 
figure him out or find out about him until he started doing all these cameos in, in the Marvel movies. This is really the first movie to use him as a character. Yeah, that's right. Because this was, you know, this was from what? The 90s, right? This yeah. Movie? Yeah, 95. Uh, and I don't even know when was the first uh, Marvel movie with Stan Lee it was well after that, I think. Oh. I, well, yeah, it would have been like the Marvel Cinematic Universe would have been uh, 2008, I think, with Iron Man. And I'm not I'm not I'm trying to remember if he made cameos in the uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. He might have. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but yeah, and so we'll, we'll just go through the movie. What are some of your favorite scenes and bits and, and what stands out the most for you? Listen, I was trying to think about this type of uh, question mm -hmm. uh, going through this. And honestly, my favorite bit is literally wherever there's dialogue. <laughs> there's just so many. And I mean, I, I hate to take the easy way out, but there are so many nuggets within all of that. And I also I also like uh, the appearance of all of these characters that I knew so well from Clerks popping up right? right a lot of right. the same character actors using a lot of the same names from clerks there's just all these and they, they it harkens back to a lot of the dialogue from clerks right like rick darris on the, on the <laughs> pool table that whole thing you know there's just a lot of different bits and pieces in this movie and there are so many ridiculous conversations, whether it's the the boy on the escalator or uh, uh, what else, the the referencing back and forth to Empire Strikes Back and Star Wars. Right. There are just so many nuggets and uh, every one of the nuggets that happens within these movies instantly takes me back to when I was a mall rat. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So uh, for me to pinpoint something, I'm not sure, but uh, I enjoyed all those scenes. And I always enjoy anything that has to do with with Jay and Silent Bob in these movies because it's so out there. Let me let me ask you this. Sure. Out of out of Ben Affleck's character, Jason Lee's character, uh, Jay and Silent Bob, which were you? Which one of those characters are most <laughs> most uh, identifiable with Brian during that sort of age uh, growing up? I, I there's a little bit of Jason Lee in me. Um, mm. Definitely when I was in class, like I was kind of the the um, the person that would would not act like an idiot in class. But I would definitely have sharp one-liners to the teachers that they seem to appreciate sometimes. Um, but I was probably more like Jeremy London, just more like kind of. You know, it, de it depended what mood I was in. So I was a cross between Jeremy London and Jason Lee. I definitely was not Jay and Silent Bob. I, I think I was probably a mixture of Jay and Silent Bob together. There are certain <laughs> things that I identify within uh, Jay's character and certain things that I identify within uh, Silent Bob's character. And just depending on when you caught me, you know, that that's what it was. But, I mean, the mall... The mall was everything to me growing up, for sure. Well, that was a, I was gonna that was gonna be one of my questions. It's like, how do you feel about the Jay and Silent Bob characters? I love them. I, I know some people, it's kind of um, a bit that runs too long, but maybe not in the Mall Rats, but maybe as their own film. Obviously, you don't have a problem with them at all, and it doesn't run too long for you. I don't. It's just stupid, mindless entertainment. I mean, sure. that's why that's the way I look at it. Uh, I don't think I was ever a um, 
uh, I was never as big a burnout as any of those guys growing <laughs> up. I, that just wasn't my thing, you know, but definitely into the rock and roll and definitely, you know, the, the moshing and jumping around <laughs> and stuff like that. I, I identify with all that stuff and just doing some of the stupid stuff that they did. I mean, it's just, it's hilarious. You know, some of the quick one liners that, Jason Muse has as uh, as uh, Jay, you know. Well, and beating up the Easter Bunny because you know, that's like, <laughs> those are like the little like you know things that don't have anything to do with the plot, but they're vital. There's a bunch of those that make Mallrats great. I think Jason Muse is really Jay. I mean, that's Jay and Kevin Smith had always said that. Like he didn't, he's not really acting that much. That is him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because he hasn't been in anything else, right? Hard, right. <laughs> Exactly. So. Yeah, he's that guy. Um, one of the other things. So, I mean, Kevin Smith is just a huge movie fan and a comedy movie fan. Like he'll like I don't know if you noticed, but I, obviously you're a big fan of the Blues Brothers. When they're on the elevator, um, you that little elevator jingle that's going on. That's from the Blues Brothers when they're going up to the Cook County uh, Accessor's office towards the end of the and towards the end of the movie. They use the same theme in mall in mall rats. Uh, are we talking about the elevator scene with uh, uh, Shannon Doherty and and yes. Uh, yes. Jason Lee? Yes, exactly. Oh, okay, no, I, I didn't catch that, but I'll look for it next time. Yeah, and those are the fun little note. Like he knows that like hardcore like comedy movie fans will get that stuff, and he's kind of a child of the seventies and the eighties, so uh, that's always fun. And we'll totally kind of shift from the the movie itself. And since your mall culture was so big for you, what were some of your favorite stores growing up in the mall? Oh, well, it was pretty simple uh, for us because we hung out at the record stores, right? Right. Uh, exactly where you would think. And they had two record stores within the mall. They had one called the Record Bar. Okay. Uh, and these are all chain chain stores at the time. They were chain stores. Record Bar was the main one we hung out. And then the other one was a place called Soundbox. Mm. And I can almost see it because it's a big, bright yellow sign against a black backdrop. It says Soundbox. But now, were you were you buying albums or tapes by then? Cassettes, okay. uh, strictly cassettes for me because, well, I won't say strictly. I did buy vinyl once in a while, and vinyl was still out there for sure. There were right. no CDs; it was all vinyl and cassettes. Mm -hmm. But for me, cassettes because the Walkman was around mm -hmm. about that same time, and uh, and also car stereos transportability of the cassette was what you wanted to have because you could take it to the car, to the Walkman. So, right. Which is why it's fascinating to me now that the kind of the hipster thing is coming back with cassettes. And I, I they miss, they miss the point that if we had a chance to have like an MP3 for portable, you know, portability right. back then, we would have taken that because the quality is better. I mean, we, we dealt with cassettes cause it was fun to tape things, but, um, that we knew that the quality wasn't as good as like say a vinyl album, but we didn't care because like you said, we could, we could take it with us. Well, and I mean, let's be honest here. How many people can really tell the difference in audio quality that much? I, I think you have to be somewhat of an audiophile mm -hmm. to be able to tell the difference in certain things, unless it's, I mean, obviously there's some stuff out there that's just blaring, but uh, for me, it was really, and still is to this day, about the convenience of it. That's why streaming is such a big thing these days, because people want what they want 
when sure. they want it and where they want it, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's why streaming has been and was always going to be a successful thing, even if you were to look at it way back when they first had the cassette. Uh, that's why cassettes sold. So, I mean, I, I think it was a predictable direction that things are going to things were going to go in. Sure. And I loved like just taping things like even just taping things off the radio. That was one yep. of the first things you could do back then. So we'll go back to, to mall rats just to, to kind of wrap up. Um, obviously you and you love watching this movie, you kind of quickly went through it. Um, you know, more, more recently, was there anything new you picked up from the recent reviewing? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I think there's always little, it's more about things you forgot about, right? It's, sure. it's always about the quick, uh, little thing that you forgot about the, uh, stink palming somebody <laughs> or, uh, just some of that stuff. I mean, to me, it's mindless fun and I enjoy that kind of stuff. You're not gonna, there's not going to be any kind of like, uh, you know, Academy Awards <laughs> given out to anybody for a movie like this, but I've always enjoyed kind of these, uh, stupid little movies as long as they're funny and, uh, and, you know, and keep me interested. And this movie kept me interested, was funny. And so, uh, I enjoyed it. Well, I'll go off on a little bit of a tangent because of the Oscars. And part of the reason I think the Oscars are, have been dwindling in recent years is because they're boring in their elitist and movies like that are comedies and superhero movies that never get their just due, but those are what people actually watch. And so while I understood that you want to be introduced to maybe quote unquote, you know, higher brown movies, they're, they're kind of missing the boat with what people really like. And, and, uh, and I think comedies especially really kind of get a, a bad rap. And it's, and really it's the same with the Grammys when you look at totally, it. I mean, totally. entertainment in general, and I'll use the entertainment umbrella, which covers movies, TV, music. It covers it all, right? Whatever mm-hmm. entertains us as a, as a society. Sure. Some of that stuff. Well, I, let me take that back. All of that stuff is meant to help us escape our everyday lives. Right. I mean, honestly. And so within that, you just want to, you want to not have to overthink a plot once in a while, not have to overthink some song lyrics once in a while. And just, I dig the beat. I dig the riff. I dig the, the stupid comedy. I dig the, uh, horrible acting, whatever sure. it is. Right. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, I, I hate these people that, uh, go, Oh, the plot was so misleading and <laughs> Oh my God. And, uh, the unbelievable, you know, it's like, come on, man, just get, quit taking yourself so seriously once in a while. Right. doesn't mean you can't watch a serious movie once in a while. It just means like get off your high horse. Right. And, and, uh, there was something about escapism, as you were saying, and it, goes all the way back to the beginning of film with like the Marx Brothers. Those films had absolutely zero plots. They were all devices to get uh, to set up the Marx Brothers to do their their crazy bits. And and people loved it <laughs> because that's what they were used to. So, 
Yeah, I mean, look, it's something we've been trying to do since the dawning of man. I mean, uh, people that went to the gladiator fights weren't going to the gladiator fights to think about their everyday lives. They were going there to see some tigers eat some people and shit. Well, the, which I'm going to end it on. Obviously, obviously, you like movies about gladiators. <laughs> Jimmy, Timmy, do you like movies about gladiators? Why, yes, I do. <laughs> Have you ever been to a Turkish prison? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that's that's a movie. That's a movie for another time. Oh, and that that is the epitome of stupid comedy that uh, that is incredibly brilliant too. So, thank you so much, Stephen. You're always the best. I appreciate it, Brian Davis. Okay, we're back with Sarah, who you never know what she's going to say. Oh, just no filter. No filter at all. Welcome back. Thank you. So we're going to, we're, we're, we're children of the 80s. We're children of the 90s. Dude, we're old now. We are old when now. They, whenever they come out with like, oh, let me tell you something, that this movie was 30 something. I'm all, are you kidding me? I'm like, I just feel that like. That just I'm, came out. Yeah, well, that wasn't that long ago. It was like 90s. That was, yeah. Like this, time, yeah. 95. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how, how old were you in 95? Okay, wanna... so I was like just 21, I think. Because okay. I remember being uh, with my, who I, I was dating somebody and there was, and my his roommate was dating my friend and we would watch this movie all the time. Mm-hmm. And then forever after that, everything that we, <laughs> we would always have one-liners of, of, you know, things from the movie. And yeah. I almost forget how many of them that was like. My God! So had you seen Quirks before you'd seen? Moana? Yeah, I saw like, all of them. Okay. Um, I want to say we might have seen Chasing Amy first and then watched the other. And went two. back. Yeah. Okay. But it, it was like so primitive. Like you're like, dude, they they shot this for like a college class something. Well, Quirks definitely. Yeah. They didn't expect that to be a hit. Mallrats didn't do well, and they had a huge budget or a bigger budget right. compared to Quirks. And they had some like stars that you would recognize. So before we actually get into the film, were you? Did you go to the mall all the time? Like, were oh yeah, you part I took the, the bus co- there. Okay. Like kids these days, they're all, "What's the bus?" I'm all, it's called the shame train, but. <laughs> 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 I'm like I think it was the 64 and the 72 or something mm-hmm. like for I would take that was two your buses route. to get to Oak Ridge holy ghetto but anyway yeah I totally we like all, you never had any money yeah like maybe one of you would get like five bucks and it's like oh I guess we're going to Carl's Jr. to get crispy or crinkle cut fries or whatever they are <laughs> but there was a there was a certain culture that like you could entertain yourself for oh, yeah, hours because in the mall and not like buy anything the 80s so the, when the mall thing started it mm-hmm. was like right when like after and i know this from all my you know like the 70s was all scarce and crazy and then yeah. when the mall situation started happening and credit cards it was like oh shop for you drop and then the valley girl thing yep. and then it just kind of progressed through the 80s until the 90s but it was like almost like yeah guess what we could go to war and then so you better you could die tomorrow buy it now charge it here yeah. we go yeah but the mall where it's like that was your place like g- girls and yeah that was the thing well and that was a great part because it really pre-internet you mm-hmm. went you actually met with people I worked at the mall you, mind you where, I, where, okay so what was the story oh you my god at? so the first mall store i worked at was aeropostale i believe yes it was oh yeah, yeah where but back when it was cool and they had like the feet hanging through the ceiling and <laughs> yeah. everybody would go there and buy leather jackets and then i got recruited by this chick at no no my first one i'm sorry it was contempo was the first one okay like when clueless came out so let me just tell you like i dressed like a it, they wanted us to wear like the oh it was awful anyway and then i worked at aeropostale i worked at two places so i knew the mall in the back of my hand i was like there during christmas where they wanted to shuttle you in and yeah food court 
I'm well, on. the movie and having a movie theater there was there a movie theater thing? Uh, at this one? No, okay. actually, because it was uh, Valley Fair because I was bougie. Okay. So, <laughs> but they had the centuries across the street, which I loved. Yeah, that was the you know. But I've been to Oak. We'd go to Oak Ridge, and we would like there's the arcade that we would hang at, yeah. and there was a movie arcade. theater. Oh They're my god, arcades! Do kids know what that is? Well, even at the movie theater, like if it was a separate movie theater outside of a mall, there would be a certain almost arcade in the theater. Right. Too. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. And yeah. there would be like the people that kids that hung out there. Have you seen a movie at all yeah. recently? No, they're just there to play. <laughs> but that was the greatest part because at home gaming systems, I mean, you had Atari, you had things like that, but it was still right. more fun to do, you know. God, these kids yeah. don't know what's up. No, there's a, there's a culture lost that you They can will never, never know what it's like to blow on the video game cartridge, <laughs> even though it did nothing. It did nothing. Absolutely nothing. But that's okay. It's like the flake, uh, shaking the Polaroid. So do you, do you miss going to malls at all? Or is that a thing that you can only enjoy uh, when you're a you kid? You know what? I, I think it was like, it was... It was your own kind of like throwing a party outside of your house, right? But no alcohol. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe yeah. depends. But it was like, I mean, that was fun. It was kind of like you had to talk, you had to interact. It wasn't like you would, nowadays, if kids had to be in a mall, they would all just be on the phone. It'd still be, yeah, we, you it know was what just I mean? pointless. Yeah. It was like there every once in a while there would be like a fight or there would be, you know what I mean? There would be shenanigans at the mall, yeah. shenanigans to be had at the mall. I remember there in, because I grew up in the peninsula, there was a fashion island had the skating rink. Oh, so you could, you had the yeah. movie theater and the skating rink. Roller right skating? The, no, 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 like ice skating. Okay, yeah. well, that's that's a whole yeah. that's bougie though. Ice skating. I never, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when people can like hold hands and do all these crazy things. Mm-hmm. Oh, I Valco had a had an ice rink. I used to always go. So, what was your favorite food court? I like store. Oh my god! Well, like restaurant. people, so they, I remember looking at like Sabaro, the pizza of place, course, yeah. and like. I remember they had like these lasagna things. It looked like these fake piece of white cheese on the top of them. What is that? And I always was like, I'm going to get that one day. And I want to say. never returned No, never got it. Um, What else? And then there was always like the Chinese Orange Julius. Yes. Orange Julius. And even hot dog on a stick. Like what's up with that? Like have they stopped that? Where are all the cancel culture kids for that shit? I I had. No, you're right. Oh my God. I knew a girl when I was going to college and she worked there. And she's like, the reason I work there is they pay at least five. $5 an hour more than any other store. I heard that, yeah. right? And I just remember watching them dip the corn dogs. They're jumping up and right, down. Like right, but like, when they were doing the lemonade and stuff, oh. it was like, wow. Like, yeah, yeah nowadays, no, there would be you some get away angry, angry liberals totally. on that one. Yeah. Going, oh, my God, it's sexist. And so I'm like, there's also coffee shops that strippers work at during the day. Did you know that? There you go. I will take you next time. You're and, and what? who gets better tips at just a restaurant? You mean like nice people? Sure, of course. Just really sweet people. Only nice people, people yeah. depending on where it is. But um, yeah, no, there. Did you know that there's a coffee shop that the I chicks did, are, yeah, it was in Seattle. Yeah. No, yeah. there's or, one here. Oh, really? And one in Fremont. Okay. There's one over. I, we're go. going, I yeah. took my stepson. What a great mom. <laughs> it was like, I mean, they're in like bikinis, but it's like, I mean, they make pretty good coffee. They're nice. And this one chick, she's super, like, was all friendly. Did it. She, well, see, she knows how to up. Hooters. I, I'm sure, you don't even right. see Hooters. With their ice skates. Speaking of skating, they have yeah. roller skating tights on. I know. It's so weird. They had good wings. I don't know what happened. <laughs> this is why I love having Sarah oh on my because God. who cares Do people about people listen to this and go, wait, what are they talking no, about? No, they're great. Okay, because yeah. I go off. Anyway. So we'll start with the we'll go with the movie. Okay. What what about mall rats do you love and what are some of your favorite God, characters? You know what? Scenes? I 
the just the well the line delivery was pretty quick like yeah. i think that obviously they were all very a lot of them were new actors and they were just in you know trying to get their line but then again the the subject was not something that you need to pause for no. dramatic no. effect There's you no know plot, really. yeah it wasn't like ooh um and i have to assume just knowing you well yeah. you must have loved brody jason lee oh my god because he is him. that he is, is so you do you want to sit here and wax intellectual about <laughs> food courts like there's so many things yeah he is the best at all of that like what was some of the yeah, some of the best lines and of course I loved Jay and Silent Bob more Jay because yeah. Silent Bob didn't say anything yeah. but some of the things that he would say it's like what so look at this tubbo and blah, blah. I'm like that movie would get like have the, does anybody watch that now and, and complain and say they're traumatized because you know everything yeah. else does well that's a problem with com- we're going on a tangent here but there are no more comedies because no, what because can you make fun of everybody's now? a crybaby yeah, everyone's sorry a crybaby. to you that are but yes well that's why I do this podcast because I think people should just go back and watch old movies it's There's ridiculous plenty of old movies. I'm like I don't get it it's like yeah. it sticks and stones people you gotta learn that you can't exactly. be offended by everything or else you can't function well yeah it's killed spoken comedy. from a very sensitive girl obviously yeah, yeah totally but no I I I got I you know and it's been a long time since I saw it but man they had some of the Jason Lee had some of the best and then Stan Lee was in it of like kind that. of the beginning he, of the yeah, cameos how did they get him to do I mean I guess he was what's his name um well Kevin Smith is such a huge comic book but, fan, but ba- so. oh that's right that's yeah. right um and then I remember Wolverine he was on top of well, he's dressed up in, Dude, in Simon Bob's as Batman. Oh my god, I remember that. He's like, think, he's like, motherfucker thinks he's Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, that was pretty. And and you know that the guy who played the dad, you know the the uh, with the talk show or the the whole dating game show. Yeah, well, Dude, um, that yeah. guy mm-hmm. is an asshole in The Walking Dead. He was like the best asshole, and I'm like, look at it's Merle. Michael Rooker, yeah, who plays Svenning. Um, he's also in this amazing. Um, he plays a serial killer Ooh. in that eighties movie, um, Henry: A Portrait of a Serial Killer. If you were on a really never heard about up movie, that, that's interesting. Right up your alley, nineteen eighty six. Wow. It is a screwed up movie. Oh my god, so. I started to watch his Scanners from the eighties. Oh, that's yeah. a whole different. Stuff. We'll talk about about that yeah. later. Yeah, no, I saw him in, in it, and I was laughing, and of course. I just remember the guy who was in Clerks was the third guy in the dating. Yeah, the Brian uh, O'Hara. He always kind of bugged me. What else did he do? He's pretty much doing Kevin Smith movies. I mean, that's I I can't remember. He's that not memorable. There are a lot of like you've heard of the director Joe Dante, Dick Remlins. He did The Burbs. Oh yeah. He would always get the Howling. He would always get his same little network of buddies. Adam Sandler used to do that too. I guess you're right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, uh, what's his name? Was it Seth? Seth Rogen. No, Green. Is that Green? Green. Rogen. Rogen. Who was the Green Lantern? Seth. well, that's Ryan Reynolds. You're thinking Seth, Green no, Hornet. Oh, Green Hornet. Yes, yeah. Seth Rogen. I'm sorry. He's yeah. not as put. Um, him and freaking James Franco. And, like, well, until re- James Franco got canceled. Right. Yeah. I know. God, yeah. it's like people are so. like. And then Leonardo DiCaprio and Scorsese are they like. They get away with it. They're yeah. like, I'm like, go to good Burning Man and shut the fuck up. <laughs> with your fucking three hour movies that nobody has time for. Literally, nobody has time for it. So, of the Kevin Smith movies you would consider? I them? like probably Mallrats. Well, you know what? Out of his first movies, because I'm not even, I probably don't even know that he did some movies after he got bougie uh-huh. and made some money. Although I did see a photograph of him he was really skinny. Did he have like gastric bypass or something? <laughs> or just like a, a health scan? Well, we're going to have him on soon. You can ask. No. Sure. That would be nice. I, I would be a score, but. He'll probably sit there and not talk. After he's hearing you, you're. Oh, like, he's over me. He's yeah. like, well, he stopped calling me a long so time. So after ago. Chasing Amy, so the, the first three, Quark's Mallrats, Chasing Amy, Dogma, which I really like because George okay. Carlin's in it. That got mixed review. Oh, George Carlin. That's yeah, he it. plays the the he's God? The, yeah. Well, he's a priest or a cardinal or something, and he comes up with. 
the the Buddy Christ, which oh, is the okay. You know, I have you know what? Don't, don't be mad. I haven't seen that one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the Jane Simon Bob Strike Back that okay. movies. Uh, Jersey Girl. They did a sequel. Oh God, to, he did Jersey Girl. He did Jersey oh, Girl. Man. And then it's really he he hasn't done anything. <laughs> actually, this one you'd like. Zach and Mary make a porno. That was actually I've really heard of that. Seth Rogen and um, some chick Elizabeth Banks. Okay, yeah. got it. Um, was Jay and Silent Bob good? It's okay. It's, right. it's fine. I, I think mean, they're like, better as like characters. Yeah, you can't and, like now the pressure's on. Yeah. for that whole thing. But like their outfits and their what? Just it's funny. It's like I feel like these people just showed up as is. Yeah. And there then, are certain characters that when you make a full movie, it used to happen all the time with Saturday Night Live. Coneheads oh is my fine God. as like a five minute bit, but you turn a 90 minute movie, it doesn't work. Although that movie, it did kind of okay for some reason. The one in like the 90s where like Subway sponsored it. and I do remember that. Yeah. Emerging, like, and and uh, what's his name? Chris uh, Farley plays yes. the boyfriend. Yeah. It's like, come on. Like you really could get anybody that hot. Let's be realistic, <laughs> people. What oh, other, okay. what other uh, Saturday Night, whatever characters, well, they've oh, done Wayne's World. Oh my God! See, and I never watched that. Wayne's really. World, the Wayne, the two best are Wayne's World and the Blues Brothers. Those are the two well, best. Yeah, Blues, yeah, exactly. They, why didn't they ever do Eddie Murphy's um, Leroy or whatever the guy? Oh, that wants Buckwheat. To, no, the one that wants to kill his landlord. You never saw that. That's from like the. Oh, remember Mr. Robinson? No, I, isn't Mr. Robinson at that point? But it's basically like he does poetry from behind bars. He's like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> remember, he's like, kill my landlord. Each year, Rockland sponsors a poetry festival. Tyrone Green is this year's winner. Images by Tyrone Green. <laughs> Dark and lonely on the summer night. Kill my landlord. Kill my landlord. The watchdog barking. Do he bite? Kill my landlord. Kill my landlord. Slip in his window. Break his neck. Then his house I start to wreck. Got no reason. What the heck? Kill my landlord. Kill my landlord. C I L L. My landlord. Eddie Murphy can't do. Any, I mean, if he you can't saw, do anything. Well, I think he's he's Hollywood now. Like everything he did in the like, he just 80s. he did host Saturday Night Live recently. I know, though, and it was like a big deal because yeah. he wasn't. And Chevy Chase has never been back because I hear Chevy Chase is an asshole. Well, the, him and uh, Bill Murray actually got into a fist fight when he returned. This is back in the seventies, right? Because yeah. he's so like arrogant. It's like, listen, Fle- Fletch care. was fun. Yeah. We watched. Well, Vacation's you know, amazing. Well, yeah, that's Foul true. Play. Oh, that's one of my favorites. Don't yeah. even try to go there. And San Francisco, dude, that makes me. I'm terrified of albinos and little people because that's of right. that. More albinos. <laughs> So bad. And and Marlboro Reds. Because it was like the best. I know. I know, yeah. And who was the other? Was he Russian? There was another weirdo. I forget. Was it the Russian guy? I don't know. A guy with the scar across his face. I got to rewatch that. You need to watch it. With I have it. Just got it on Blu-ray. So. Oh, of course you did. Of course I did. Oh, my God. Okay. So, anyway. Yeah. Mall Rats was my favorite. Yeah. I like all the one-liners. I think I need to, I need to write those down. What was your favorite one-liner? Can you remember from... From, from Mall Rats? Yeah. If you could think of, or something that you would still think of or use. Like, I would always, we'd always say snoochie boochie. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever he said. Oh, my God. He he was, like, it was so funny, some of the things he said. What was something else about, oh, my God, the stink palm? 
Oh, well, yeah, that's the... Oh, yeah. my gosh. But and there then was some, eating the pretzels. Oh, and, yeah. I remember. It, he wants to screw your girlfriend in a very inconvenient place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you mean like the back of a... Yeah. yeah. Whatever? Yeah. No. But in the beginning, they have all the... And I can't remember them, but I talked about it in the podcast already because I, I did that part. This yeah. is at the end. Um, all the names of the stores... That were yeah. all fake names. Oh, of course, because yeah. they like couldn't rug use, munchers. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was like the cookie place, and then there's like yeah. this isn't the food court. This isn't a, a, to, a whatever a foodery outside. The food court is the square area of whatever. And uh, uh, Priscilla Barnes plays the crazy gypsy lady. Oh my god, the, with yeah. the third nipple. The, yeah. 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 From Three's Company, right? Yeah, Wasn't she? Oh she's Terry. Dude, she looked good though. She I was like, great. man, she looks exactly the same. How did you who how did he know her? Was that like Kevin Smith's neighbor that did him a favor? Because yeah. like that was random. <laughs> it's like, hey, Terry or whatever. Yeah. Hey, Terry. Put, throw on a third nipple or a raisinette, half melted raisinette. She yeah. eats it. I know. What was it supposed to be? It was cherry. That's what she said. Yeah. Something like that. So any other thoughts about Mallrats? No, but now I need to go rewatch. That's them. the whole point of this podcast. But not clerks. I just can't get past the black and whiteness. See, I, I think it works because it is a black. I and white. guess you know what you know what it is. You ever take a bad a picture? Well, you don't because you're a female. But let me let you know a little secret. Because I'm a female. I mean, because you're not a female. Can you read it? You're not a female. I'm leaving so, that in. So oh, look at we're very gender fluid when nobody exactly. can see us. Chicks take bad pictures, yeah. like the lighting or they look funky or whatever. So we will turn it black and white because that solves everything. So yeah. if you ever see chicks that all their pictures and mind you, any male listening, and I'm I'm gonna get in trouble for giving up the secret. If you look on a dating profile. And all her pictures are in black and white. It's because something's wrong. And that is a good way to hide it. Oh, I look artsy. Oh, I look okay. No, your skin's blotchy because you don't drink enough water. And you're trying to hide it. So, so she looks like yeah. um, Robert De Niro in Raging Bull after he'd been beaten up. Probably. Yeah. Robert, you know. I or the saw, Elephant Man. Um, you know, his name was not John Merrick. It was something different. I just found that out. All I have to do is throw out like little words in Sarah's mind. Dude, you know. I, you know what? My sister and I have this problem, but she is a little bit more reserved. I just blurred it out. I think it's a bit of Tourette's and ADD. And if you want to hear Sarah's sister, that we can, uh, actually, I don't know if it's still up anymore because I had music in it, but she's on the oh, Flashdance episode. My gosh. But when I do Flashdance, I'm going to re-put, uh, repost Okay, well, it. or we can have her on for another one, but I we can. Because we always want the opinion of a mom. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, on that note, thank you so much, Sarah. You're so welcome. Come hang out and chill with Brian A. Davis and the Bad Beat. Wednesdays, 11 p.m. Eastern, right here on ThatMetalStation.com.